Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Hi, my name is Ben Skull, and I'm a tax director here at KPMG, focusing on helping organisations optimise their in-house tax function. Today, I have my guests over from London, Mike Tomlinson and Andy, who are from Vertex, and will shortly be talking to us about some of the elements of a tax engine and how their solutions from Vertex support our tax functions. It's quite rare in Australia for organisations to take advantage of a tax engine. And this is why today we want to delve into those reasons that some of our organisations here have chosen a tax engine and what benefits they have seen from them. You know, the reality is, is that VAT, GST and and sales and use tax is an ever-changing beast. Governments are looking to stimulate economies, they are looking to generate more revenue and it's one of those areas that seems to be on the radar of countries all over the world. Therefore, if organisations who are looking to grow and move offshore want to stabilise their business, want to improve their back office function, it seems critical that they adopt a tax engine to do that. You know, Andy, we're seeing it more and more at the moment as organisations look to improve their procure-to-pay process and are adopting technology, the desire to utilise a tax engine. Would you be able to elaborate for me on why they are taking advantage of a tax engine and what benefits they are seeing from that? Sure. Yeah, thanks, Ben. I think procure-to-pay, P2P, has always been an area of interest for VAT, GST, uh, sales and use tax people, like myself. Why? Because as a business, you're not in control of your AP in the same way you are the sales side, the AR side of your business. You are, by definition, at the mercy of your vendor's AR clerks, and dare I say, at the mercy of your own AP teams, many of whom are outsourced nowadays. And with the best one in the world, AP clerks are not trained VAT, GST specialists. They're generally trained on entering as many invoices into their system as quickly uh, as they can. The quality of their tax coding you know, has always been an area, as I say, of concern for people uh, like me. So uh, yeah, if the worry with people making manual decisions is the risk of mistake, therefore the risk of non-compliance, the antithesis to that is uh, automation. And that's where people are looking to automation tools such as Vertex. And in, in the P2P world specifically, it's essentially looking to link in with whatever your uh, P2P workflow is and each relevant uh, occurrence to lend robustness to VAT in that process. So if you if you start at the start when you're requisitioning or issuing purchase orders, um, you can use uh, a tax engine to qualify the expectation of VAT GST on that, whether charged by your vendor or to be self-accrued, reverse charged uh, by you. Why? To give you a clearer indication of the cost upfront, especially if you're a partially exempt organization, a a financial institution or the like, where VAT, GST can be a real cost to your business, needing to know the potential cost upfront 
very, very useful. As you flow through, you've, uh, you've, you've gone through your purchase order, you've actually bought the goods or services and issued with an invoice. Well, guess what? As I said before, you're at the mercy of the vendor's AR clerk. Uh, do you know if they know what they're talking about when it comes to putting the VAT GST on that? Maybe, maybe not. But again, with an automation solution that's packed with VAT GST rates, rules, and logic, uh, that's where you can Im immediately put um, validations against incoming invoices. Was the VAT GST charged by your vendor correct? If you don't have robust checks around that and you start recovering that VAT GST, well, guess what? Down the line, even though it's your AR vendor's mistake, uh, you're, you're the one the tax authorities are going to come for. So if you can weed out those incorrect invoices at the time of receipt, rather than the traditional VAT way of a tax audit three years later, then it gives you the opportunity of you know, complying correctly, not leaving it to chance, and you know, the, the prospect of penalties and interests further down the line. Uh, from my own in-house days, I remember the prospect of uh, receiving an invoice with no tax on it, be coning up as exempt by the AP team, not appreciating the, the world of reverse charges and acquisition VAT and import VAT reverse charges. You miss these in some countries, you are getting serious penalties, even where there's no loss to the local tax authority. So it's again, robustness throughout the P2P process, uh, understanding costs to your business, and fundamentally looking to comply with, with local tax on the procurement side of your business. And Ben, I mean, a prime example of that is a financial services company based here in Australia that had exactly that problem, and Vertex have helped solve that with, for them in their procure-to-pay process. Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? It's, it almost seems counterintuitive that you spend a lot of money on these procurement solutions, but then that percentage that relates to tax, which is quite a large component of your spend under management, potentially could be wrong. Uh, absolutely. I, I think this is a really interesting trend. We've seen uh, that historically, if there is such a thing in, in, in this world, uh, P2P has gone through those large ERP systems that all your business has gone through. But in, in the last few years, we've seen the rise of what, what I would call intelligent spend systems, the Coopers, the Arebas of this world. Procurement, love them. Why? Because you can procure things from all over the world from a, a massive pool of vendors who can't wait to sell to you. But... With that, there's a, we've seen it uh, in all elements of financial systems, a disconnect between VAT and IT, for want of a better word. Not easy for VAT teams to, or tax teams to get robustness uh, into indirect spend, but this is where hooking up something like a tax engine with predefined, up-to-date uh, rules, rates, and logic for indirect tax, and whether that's VAT in Europe, GST here in Australia, uh, use tax in the US, a single global platform linking up with your procurement platforms, whether it's intelligence spend, whether it's ERP, and offering consistency, accuracy, openness, and validation throughout is something that we're seeing a lot of business spend time looking at now. Yeah, definitely, and they're great insights. Um, it's very similar to what we're also, I suppose, seeing, Mike, in the the ERP space where a lot of these large vendors are, if I can use the word, forcing their clients to move to a cloud platform, it presents an opportunity for tax functions to think about tax engines, 
perhaps if you can touch on for me, you know, when's the right time for tax to be educating the business on on utilising a, a tax engine and where does the, the engine fit into these finance transformation projects? Great question, Ben. Uh, and when should tax be involved? Well, they should be in ta- involved all the time. It's, it, you know, they should be from cradle to grave on these systems. I mean, essentially, you have a number of things that are driving change around. So you've got, yes, that you've got the ERP side of things, but you've also got elements about um, emerging markets, um, new ways of transacting, um, and new ways to, to go to market. So it's essential that tax are involved in all of those conversations. Um, what we're seeing at the moment and where we see real success is where tax are involved in that blueprint stage of the ERP. So the moment that, say, they're moving to an SAP, uh, S for HANA transformation or an Oracle Cloud Fusion uh, transformation, tax should be at the table helping set that agenda and set up the... Because all of those elements are dealing with transactions um, and tax are involved in each of those transactions. So they need to be able to articulate their requirements at that stage. This is a great opportunity, the, the, the moving to new systems where you're going to need to sort out the VAT GST anyway gives you a great opportunity to get in. Dare I say, when, when, when I was last in-house 15 or so years ago, I was the hardcore VAT specialist doing the hardcore VAT and the system was looked after by the IT guys over there. And we didn't have any anything in common in terms of making it work through the system. I, I learned the hard way that that middle ground between tax and IT, I, I suppose what we call now call tax technology, is really important. If you as an in, in-house indirect tax person, you need to be in that space as close as possible to the, the IT team, for want of a better phrase, because if they start implementing an ERP, they will implement it with or without you. And if they're implementing something without you, it's very difficult to stop that train once it's, once it's going in a given direction. So uh, as Mike said, as an in-house tax person, get in there, get on the systems and let them know your business requirements as soon as possible. Yeah, and I think the, also the other thing with this, with the, the advent of tax technology, with tax engines, it puts the control back to the tax team as well. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, as you say, beholden to an IT team, no, now with a, with a tax engine, the control is back with the people who are actually signing off on this stuff, who yeah. are on the hook for the decisions that are made. Um, and it's th- they've got the element of control there again. So it's, it's really important that they're involved at that from the beginning. It, it's interesting, and Andy, maybe to you, you know, these vendors tell me that you can configure tax and maintain tax tables and rates within these systems. H- how would you respond to that? Absolutely, completely agree. You can. You, you can make these systems work for tax. And good luck. Uh, I think what we've seen through a lot of ex- experience, my, my own included, is that... Well, how do you configure a system for, for tax? First of all, you really understand your tax requirements and you flesh them out, and then you hand them over to tech, the tech guys to code it, for want of a better word, in the back of your system. And from day one, it'll probably be fit for purpose. But guess what? In six months' time, you're in three new countries, you've acquired a new business, the tax rules have changed. In two years' time, you're in 12 new countries. In five years' time, yada, yada. Each, each of those changes, whether it's to your business or the, the tax landscape, is not going to be reflected in your systems by chance or magic. It's going to have to be 
coded in there by someone. That job of tax teams speaking to IT teams to explain the requirements, the uh, technical building of those requirements in the back of systems just leads to a, a messy spaghetti of uh, coding behind the system that a tax person like, like me doesn't necessarily see, can't necessarily understand. Uh, instead, linking it up to something like a, a tax engine, I think as Mike put it before, it gives power back to VAT, to GST people. Why? Because they can see, feel, and touch what's happening. They can appreciate that rules are going to be updated automatically and they have a clear view into what those rules are, when they're taking effect, when old rules cease to uh, have effect. Uh, so yes, you can configure your own systems to work. Experience tells me it may well work day one, but your business is not going to stand still and the tax landscape around you is not going to stand still. You've got to be ready as tax to go along with the business. I wouldn't want to be the, the in-house tax guy who says, oh, we weren't ready for that tax change in that uh, that place. Or, or what do you mean we, we're going to move to South Korea? I, I need to check the rules there. Yeah. Um, tax is no longer an anchor to business. It has to be part of the success of a growing business. The other thing is this regulatory pace of change as well. So it's not just the um, the, the, the driving and, and the managing of the day-to-day -day piece within the core ERP system. It's also that regulatory change is changing so so much and so quickly that it's the ability for tax to take control of that and mm. not be beholden to the IT teams and stuff like that. So that's really key. So it's almost, it's future-proofing your business. That native ERP configuration can work, but an assessment needs to be done based on the type of business and, and what the growth aspirations of that business should be. And and that's the interesting point that we're seeing at the moment. So <clears throat> we're coming out of this, let's call it COVID period. Businesses have had to really adapt and a lot of those have had to go online to continue to service their customers. As, as businesses have moved online, they've also seen the opportunity then to grow into other jurisdictions. Mike or Andy, perhaps you, Andy, firstly, the ability to manage sales in, in foreign countries, to run e-commerce sites, perhaps to even set up your own marketplace, sounds enticing when you've got a successful e-commerce business. How do you start to think about managing tax in that environment? And what is it within the Vertex suite that would help clients be able to operationalize their business to enter those jurisdictions quite fast and rapidly to take advantage of the this online marketplace. No, no, it's a great point. And this is where the world of business and tax are. You see them. They're inherently linked. It's great to do business in new places and new jurisdictions through new ways uh, to market. You know, even those uh, you know big uh, megalithic uh, manufacturers are now taking on subscription systems to warm your car seats or uh, to do put together B2B platforms, all brilliant stuff, great ways to move business forward. And if there are upsides to uh, the lockdown period, perhaps it's businesses moving into newer, more nimble ways of doing business. With it, of course, and this is why tax people love this, come tax complications. And guess what? As you go around the world, things like selling remotely, uh, whether it's digital services or goods, tax authorities want their share of that. You need to be cognizant of, okay, it's very easy for 
for Andy to start selling digital services all around the world, but it's not so easy for, for Andy Limited to comply with the VAT uh, GST uh, requirements in all those locations. Now, similar to what we've been saying about making VAT work in an ERP system, it's not system anymore, it's systems. Any, any organization of, uh, of any size or complexity, and as we've said, going into new ways of selling, by definition, they have e-com platforms, they have marketplace platforms, they may have multiple flavors of uh, ERP. But with a focus on you know, marketplace and e-commerce, there, there are tax consequences that come, that come with that. If you look at marketplaces, the marketplace rules in places like the EU and the UK are not straightforward. Mm -hmm. You have to take into account not just where are the goods coming from, where are they going to, what is the value of the consignment of those goods? What does consignment even mean? No one's actually said this, for example. So companies are having to make pragmatic choices about you know, the, the way to tax, who becomes responsible for the tax, new, new areas that companies haven't necessarily had to think about in the past. In the EU, marketplaces and the import one-stop shop come with back-to-back -back invoicing requirements. Foreign exchange becomes uh, problematic. You, know, you need to report right, uh, as well as charging uh, right. You're selling B2B, well, you better check the, the VAT ID of your customer uh, and be able to prove out to the tax authorities that you've checked that because you run the risk of either being dragged on shore after the event and being hit with charges and penalties and the like, or you're missing the business opportunity not to charge tax in, in the first place. And none of these things are going to happen in these platforms by chance. Um, I don't really think we've seen e-com platforms, marketplace platforms themselves come replete with much in a way of rule sets or tax rates, for example. And this is where a Vertex engine, for example, can fit alongside that to essentially get the tax right, but also with a range of, uh, from the Vertex point of view, a range of apps around that, things like live VAT ID checking, things like raising compliant invoices with the right look and feel and language, uh, dealing with foreign exchange, uh, for example. All elements that you need to do to get the tax right to be compliant. It's to get the tax right, you're not just getting the tax right, you're having to dot the I's and cross the T's with all these other elements. And that's something that you know, a Vertex is, has built its solutions to meet those end-to-end -end requirements. So you can just get on with doing business. The Vertex solutions there, they can look to link into whatever platform or platforms you're using to, to help you, you know, hit the right notes. Uh, on, on the tax side of your business. And I'm seeing this more and more with, with some of my clients which are big brand clients. So, and traditionally you wouldn't think these, these companies would be um, working in a marketplace or have an e-commerce presence. But you know, things like car manufacturers, that brand is so well recognized that people want to associate with it. It has a value and that will draw people to their website. They're, that's why they're going into marketplaces. And uh, Vertex is actually uniquely placed to handle not only the kind of ERP transactions that they're doing traditionally, but these new omni-channel ways of, of doing business. It's very interesting when, when you talk to clients that are wanting to move offshore and we're talking to, to tax managers. It seems they are last to, to know about this. But, you know, the, the impact of, of not getting tax right it's a huge cost to the business because you still want to remain compliant with the authorities in the countries you operate in. So you have a decision to make. 
we either charge our customers and we get it right, or we wear that tax component and pay the authorities. You know, it's 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 a you you only have two options, right? You get it right, or you 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 wear the consequences. We can't name names, but I think we could all come up here with the examples of companies that are doing that. They're either writing it off as an overhead mm. within their organisation uh, for the tax, or their the other uh, overhead is the paying of the fines, and it's an acceptable part. But these things add up over time, so that and you know that's yeah. that's your business case essentially that's for right. the engine. So, yeah. And tax rates are changing, and they're only changing in one direction for the most part. Yeah, a few a few changes downwards to stimulate economy, but in the longer term, we're seeing them go up. And maybe you could wear a three percent sales tax in a certain location for a little while, but when they started to ramp up into double figures, and you leave it you leave it to run for six months or a couple of years, mm, they become big numbers. You you don't want them. Uh, coming to life one way or the other. Totally. Mike, I suppose my last my last question is, we're talking about the Vertex tax engine and the technology that, that you provide. Um, accompanying that, KPMG um, has an alliance with Vertex. What does Vertex use alliance partners like KPMG and, and what benefit do you see that for your clients that, that have taken advantage of a KPMG implementation? I mean, ultimately, you know, Vertex is a software company. So we we set out to sell software and provide software solutions to our clients. We don't set it out to be a consultancy business. And also, we're not licensed to, for tax advice. So there's a couple of elements there that are fundamental <coughs> to the way that we approach um, business. Also, our clients are global. And that is a huge undertaking for any software company to be in location, in every location. Alliance partners like KPMG are uniquely placed to have offices, and they have offices all over the world, where they can service clients uh, on a, of a global nature. Um, so that's why we partner with someone like KPMG. And KPMG, again, have shown a huge commitment back the other way. So it's not just about us providing uh, implement uh, implementation work for KPMG to do. They are also um, investing in staff, resources, training of their teams. So they're up to date on every new element that we bring to market so that they can really delight it, their, their clients and our clients. Um, and we've seen phenomenal success with, you know, as I say, if software is 50% of the of the equation, the implementation is the other 50% of it. And that's not from a cost perspective, that's purely on the value of those two elements. Um, and we work really well in partnership as the kind of technical support element for the client and to the alliance partner. And the alliance partner bring their tax knowledge, their tax understanding, um, and their understanding of the client and where their tax liabilities are, and translate that into the software uh, from a configuration perspective. And though we see that tri-party relationship is where we have the absolute success, both immediate and then ongoing, um, and return on investment for clients. Well, look, this, this is a conversation that I, I love having. I think of all the tax conversations we have, this is one that helps a business manage budgets, it helps a business grow, mm -hmm. and it's the core of a business actually operating. Um, so I would... I really thank you for, for taking time today, Mike and Andy, for sharing your insights around Vertex and how you are helping 
our clients here in Australia and more, more globally. Um, as I mentioned, my name is Ben Scull and I'm a tax technology director here at KPMG. Uh, if anyone wants to learn more about Vertex or, or tax engines, please feel free to reach out. And thanks for making time today and safe travels back to the UK. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash tax now or follow our LinkedIn page, KPMG Tax Now Insights. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.